What's going on? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. We're in the Fight Club recapping UFC Fight Night. Uh, was it seven Vegas seventy two Song of Dong versus Simon? And we're gonna talk a whole bunch of other shit in this episode. As always, go down and like and subscribe. Comment what you thought of the card. Comment what you thought on the latest UFC MMA world news. And these are your hosts. I'm Paul. Pick them, win them, Concha, and I'm joined with. Hey man, you already know it's your boy Kev. I do not love these bitches. Savoy. <laughs> so, Powell made UFC Fight Night Vegas 72. How'd you feel about the card, man? It was a fun live stream. I haven't been on the live with comedian Romeo Mack in a second. That shit was a good time. I should make sure y'all check that out. But how'd you feel about this card, man? Um, definitely bounced back in my bets. A few of the dogs barked for me. It was a Decent card, but once again, this back to back, in my opinion, just like these Apex cards haven't really been carrying the heat, in my opinion. I saw a whole bunch of other people in the chat like praising the card, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just, it, it just didn't tickle me as much as others. I thought it was a decent card. I think it was better for me because we were live streaming it, but maybe it was also because Simon didn't win. And maybe if Ricky Simone would have got the dub, I'd probably be chirping a different tune right now. I fuck with it, man. I mean, I tuned in about I tuned in for the Cody Durden and um Charles Johnson fight. Cody Durden was good. He was better than I expected. I remember he we brought he um was brought up when uh Jay Miley interview because Jay Miley fought him, and I was like, oh, okay. So at least at least my dog was nice. But I like this card. Trey Waters fight. It was very calculated. I love seeing um Trey Waters boxing. Big. I'm a Trey Waters fan now, and I found out that they train out there in um, Orlando. Yeah. Uh it was funny watching the. It was funny watching the Marcos de Lima card because I thought I got him <laughs> confused. So I thought Cortez Acosta was de Lima, and then de Lima was like was Acosta, and I was just like, and then I went um when they did the decision, I was like, oh shit, y'all, <laughs> oh shit, Cortez Acosta beat de Lima. That's crazy. And I was just in the thing like, oh, oh, that's that's exactly what I thought was going. <laughs> I had <Yeah>. it wrong. <laughs> You know, De Lima used fucking veteran experience to get that dub. He looked crisp. And then y'all was talking shit, but then I was over here. I was talking shit out my ass. I was like, bro, y'all talking about the first two fights with unanimous decisions. I like the next four to be on um, finishes. And they fucking were. I was like, oh, shit. Even um the main event was a fifth-round finish, so I was like, damn, I called it. Mad I called it, but I called it. You know, they definitely picked up it towards the end of the fights, but – I would I would say shout out Trey Waters took the fight two weeks um fill in fighter two weeks just was LFA champ then came out and showed why he belonged in UFC in his UFC debut against Josh Quin Quinlan he was the underdog and he was the first bet I put in for the card and the first one that cashed for me so like a special heart a special spot in my heart for Trey Waters right now. Bro, I feel like as a better I would bet so much money on prelim cards because I feel like. I would just want to hurry up and get it out the way. Like, just hurry up and be like, did I win or lose? All right. Now let me enjoy the main card. <laughs> Shit. That's why I, um, the, the main card got kind of lit because uh, fucking, what was the other fight? The, the Delima and Amos decision kind of went how I thought it would go. I did put money on Delima. But uh, the next one, Fernando Padilla getting the KO knockout, the first of the four that you spoke of over um, Julian Rosa. Man, Mexico, bro. Stand that was what we thought was early first but that was the one that we thought was early right it was early that it, it, that was the one where he not he fucked him up he got back up fucked him up a little bit like dropped him again and 
then uh, when he stood back up from standing, stand up, then the ref stood in, and it was like you, like you, you said it best. If he would have came in while he was on the ground and stopped it, it probably wouldn't look as bad. But the, but Julian Rosa got back up, so but he definitely was getting pummeled. He got cracked a few times, but but shout out Mexico, bro. The the UFC's handpicking these Mexican prospects, trying to get this card set up, and they're handpicking some fucking killers right now. Because Padilla looked crisp, and like I said on this live stream. He's a fucking BJJ black belt submission artist. Like, we didn't even get to see that in his debut. He was just throwing hands, and he looked real good at it. So, let's see how good he – see how far he goes. Nah, that shit was fire, man. And then the finishes, but you can't be mad about four straight finishes and the card. I'm just saying. Maybe I'm old-fashioned. Oh, no. Nah, but actually, now that I'm, like, reliving the card, I actually did enjoy it. That the the main car specifically the the prelims just took a while I think to get going and like you said you couldn't even tell the difference in comp once we went to yeah the main. that was but uh, the main car was when things were getting lively my bets were cashing and I was getting more into it because the next fight especially was the with Rodolfo Vieira the black belt hunter himself getting the submission like I said on the live stream he's right where he wants him to be he's right yeah. where he wants him to be and get the arm triangle, submit him after a very shaky first round where he was getting cracked. Yeah, when you call that shit, that shit was smooth. I was like, what are you talking about? Next thing you know, I'm like, oh, shit, this boy, this boy making the – we called him – I remember my coach in Houston wrestling, my coach is always yelling at me. He's like, small moves, small moves. <laughs> and I'm like, the fuck is he talking about? But then you realize – but then when you see him yelling at somebody else, you'd be like, oh, don't do too much. You're exactly where you want to be. Just want to creak up a little bit, creak up a little bit, and now you got his ass. That's exact. He climbed up that body and fucking choked him to choke. choke Once that boy. shoulder was right here on the neck, I was like, "Oh, it's done!" Like the moment he just starts, just starts squeezing, like it, like the the choke is there for the triangle. Like I was like, and it was nice, but definitely gotta watch. It's, um, I think what is he now? Like five and one, six and one in the UFC, and. <clears throat> All finishes, but he was getting cracked. <laughs> Let's not forget the first round. He got dropped, I think, once or twice, and he got. But he um he got back up, and there was a couple times where it was it Cody Brunrich? Yeah, he got one knockdown, double, uh, almost triple. Yeah, double sh- significant strikes. Like he was on the feet. It wasn't looking too good for him. That <laughs> <laughs> boy got to where he was. <laughs> Go main event, Barallo did what he's supposed to do, got the submission finish. I thought it would go to decision like all his other UFC fights outside of the contender series. But I guess he's not the Kobe Covington to me. I said, let me see some submission attempts and I'll I'll start I'll stop calling you the Brazilian Kobe Covington. Boy got the yeah. choke, got the dub. I think he's one of the most legitimate middleweight prospects there is right now. I think he's cracking the, the um rankings, if not this fight, his next fight. Four fights into the UFC, three are co-main events. Like, I think he's the real deal. He's getting he's getting groomed to be in that spotlight. But now on to the next one. This one was hard to watch. It was hard because I think every round you could have a song your dong's round. And it was like Ricky Simon just didn't have nothing in that he could do. He couldn't he couldn't trade with him. And he couldn't get him down. The, the one or two takedowns, which he actually kind of landed good and got him to the ground, Yadong was back to his feet within like a second or two. He never really got to to keep him there, grind him or nothing. So, I mean, like, Yadong, 25 years old, 
top 10 ranking. Like he's, I mean, he went four rounds with Corey Sanhagen. He really is like that. I mean, I can't hate him. I thought he would get ragdolled by Ricky Simone's wrestling and his size and weight. That didn't look, didn't even phase him. Nah, that boy's a killer, man. Even Aljamain Sterling was giving us, was putting respect on bro's name. Yeah, I mean, fastest hands in the division outside of maybe Sean O'Malley. Even then, it's a toss-up. And he showed great takedown defense. And it's almost scary for people to try to shoot takedowns on him because of how quick his hands are. Nah, that boy's a problem. I was like, <laughs> and then he just, it was tough. It was tough to watch this fight, <laughs> like you said. Two knockdowns. Throughout the four round, uh, five Did rounds. Did you see the KO coming? The KO, Did yeah. You see the KO coming because he caught him with a mean one on the chin. I didn't. I thought Ricky would survive the last round just because he kept backpedaling, but I didn't see it coming. But it was there. I think the whole fight for Song, like just if if he would have got more aggressive, maybe he probably could have got it earlier. There was just nothing. I think Ricky could have done in that fight. There was. It was just. It looked like two different type tiers of fighters in the ring right there. Dang. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I, I'm not a big I don't hop on the fucking trans MMA Twitter, but like Song Your Dog definitely put on a future champ. Maybe it's because I have I hold Ricky Simone to a high standard. But Sean Madon Song Your Dog definitely put on a championship type performance. Yeah, but too bad not too many people were watching this card. No chat. Who the fuck cared about this card? <laughs> oh I Word on the street, word from Ariel Wani, word from everyone on MMA Twitter saying that another promotion out there put on a better card, better presser, better everything all around, overall weekend than the UFC. But I think the way that the – so Paul's talking about BKFC 41, bare knuckle the fighting championships. It's headlined by Mike Perry and Luke Rockhold, and that shit was a crazy-ass fucking card. Before we break down the card, bare knuckle fighting, Paul. How do you feel about this shit? This is like real bar fighting in a ring. Bare knuckle fighting, I like it because it is. I mean, I don't know. At first, I didn't like it, but after this card, I I see it. Like I see the vision. Actually, after the Mike Perry MVP card that was in Tampa, Florida, um, last year, which was when Bellator's best fighter came two uh, bare knuckles and Mike Perry beat him and like an overtime fight. Like they went an extra, like I never, like they went to overtime, bro. Like, and that's what I'm saying. Like this shit is kind of, kind of raw. <laughs> and if you try to take it as like a, a, a UFC approach, I probably wouldn't like it, but just like it, it's the closest thing I think you'll get to like an organized promotion that's similar to like that backyard stuff that you see because you'll see those backyard youtube fights and some of them are fun but then sometimes you'll see a train guy go in there with like a backyard fighter and then the train guy like whoops the guy it's like some highlight real shit a head kick knockout and like you that wouldn't happen in an organized league so like i think this is the closest thing we'll get to like organized chaos mma promotion like this is the this is the ecw of mma like the extreme rules wrestling back in the day, like this is this is that, and I I'm kind of here for it. I'm kind of it kind of made me a fan. I'm not gonna lie to you, I loved it since I first found out about it. I remember I found out about Bare Knuckle Fighting before COVID. That they had there was like back when I was deep into my own like fighting documentary bag, anything combat sports, I would watch a documentary on that shit. So like 
one day just on random Showtime, a random Vice documentary was bare knuckle fighting, barely legal fighting. You know, it was only legal in like two cities in the country. And like, it shit was insane. It was like a random ass city, probably 400 people in a town type shit. Like, what the fuck are they doing with a stadium? But um, this shit's crazy for it to be built up to the way that it is now. Because like, I haven't followed the sport. I couldn't tell you any of the fighters back then. I can't tell you any fighters that have been coming between then. But to see that shit on a live event, pay-per-view, this is their 41st event, and it did what it did. Because if it was bare-knuckle MMA, I probably wouldn't be a fan. Because they would try to make it seem like it was a big fight. It's bare-knuckle boxing. So it's straight hands, and it's just a whole different set. Because, like, Eddie Alvarez was speaking on it. That, like, you have to train in your beginning of your training camp. You can use 16-ounce gloves and maybe 12-ounce gloves. But by the end, you have to go straight. You got to go straight knuckle to knuckle because you got to understand that, like, how to – um. you need to understand how the different dynamic works, how you're going to – what angles your punches are going to be coming from. So it's really technical in a sense. And it's not made for the smartest fighters. It's made for the motherfucker that's going to come battle that out. Like, the bad – this is, like, if they're the badass – they the BMF belt had an organization i feel like the bmf that should be a belt in that in that organization that bmf belt and it would mean something in that organization because like they got some badass motherfuckers and it's crazy that it's sanctioned it's crazy that it's legalized but they do their thing and they make handle the business behind it great they're getting old they're getting fighters that people are already fans of people love eddie alvarez like motherfucking they're getting fighters that people already love his debut Yes, they're building up. And you know what the um the owner said on um Area One? What? He doesn't even want this shit to be pay-per-view. They're working on getting a t- a TV deal so this shit can come on TV type shit. Hey, for the people, bro. Now, this is the people's organization right here. Like UFC and other Showtime body, like they're all gone Hollywood. This is for the this yeah. is for Joe's. And this shit was crazy to think that you can have a UFC card and still have uh, something that rival it that isn't just like some crazy Tank versus Garcia boxing card or WrestleMania. And with the bare knuckle aspect, that's what them theories would be talking about with the Gypsy Kings. Like when the Gypsies fight, like it'd be bare knuckle fights. And then like whoever is the baddest mother, he was, it's not just about who's the most technical. Like you have to be a bad motherfucker to be like the, the best Gypsy fighter. And like, that's why they take that Gypsy King title such a big deal because like, over there in that community of people, like that's a like the BMF, like that, like it's just like it means something, like so them bare knuckles, it goes back. No, nah, that shit is crazy. Anybody that, and I would love to see Tyson Fury do that. I doubt that he would, but um, I would love to see Tyson Fury fuck somebody up bare knuckle. Then we but see that Francis bare knuckle. I'm down to go to a bare knuckle event. Like that should be. They be in Tampa a lot, though. The um. Hard rock, or hard rock, or whatever they be, they be doing their fights out there. Yeah, I heard. Um, I had um, somebody was telling me, one of my mentors was telling me that in Miami, that they had well, an event in Miami because um, I don't want to go too deep into this shit, but um, Lawrence Taylor was having an event out there, so um, my mentor was out there vibing with the peoples and stuff like that, and then the bare the owners of Bare Knuckles were out there and they was like, yeah, we're having an event in a casino this week, y'all should come by, shot them boys some tickets. Let them boys come through. That's very far. And they said that was the funniest shit they've ever seen. It was like, it's kind of crazy. You got to be ready for it. 
but it's in but that shit is lit. So yeah, I'm down to go. I'm a fan. I'm I was already fucking with it, but now I'm a fan. Like now I gotta start learning their fighters because I also don't think the fighters in there have long careers. Like no. you probably shouldn't you probably shouldn't do more than five fights in there. So like you guys gotta get in and out. You feel me? Luke Rockhold might not do it again after what happened that first fight. Like his teeth oh, just definitely Busted up. He's like Mike Perry the demon. But this is built for Mike Perry. Like Mike Perry seems to love this shit and like thrive in those fucking brawls. Even uh, fucking Conor McGregor is not for real. Conor McGregor jumped the ring. Nah, that shit is crazy. It it reminds me of Mike Tyson, but let's get into the card though. So Big Ben Rothwell versus the beat um Josh Copeland by um via KO. And I want to say somebody retired. I don't know who. But um, the thing about this card that was so the, this fight that was crazy is that it was a fucking brawl, and Ben was a plus like it was like a minus six hundred odds. So he comes in this bitch and like anything can happen. He's a bear. This is bare knuckle fighting. Like I don't understand how you can even have motherfucking odds that high. But he came in that bitch and Josh Copeland came to fight and he came to fight that whole first round catching Ben, and then they said the second round it was pretty even in the third round Ben gets the KO with like. A minute twenty left, and oh yeah, it's three. And I and what's it called? What's it called? He got that, but that was a good month. That was what introduced me. I was like, oh, this is gonna be something crazy. Like, hold on, these are like big bar motherfuckers, heavyweights fighting. Yeah, Ben Rock. And then you got Chad. Yeah, I never even heard of bro before, but he's a big, dirty motherfucker. And then you got Eddie Alvarez beating on Chad Mendez, and then the split decision. And yeah. you seen the um? Did you see that fight? I didn't see the fight, but I heard about it on the um, like on Twitter, and I know the people were happy for Eddie Alvarez to get his fucking win in his debut or whatever. It was pretty fire. I mean, Eddie Alvarez gets love. You feel me? So like, it was pretty fire. He dropped him a couple of times, but the funny the clip that's going around everywhere is that Con- Connor um Connor's in the background screaming uppercut, 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 <laughs> and then Eddie Alvarez hits him with the uppercut, and then Connor goes, "That a boy." And then he points at Connor like, yeah, you. And then he said in the interview, he was like, in the interview, he was like, yeah, like, it's really it's really similar to having your coaches out there. So, like, what's it called? Like, you're going to listen out for your coaches and you're going to hear the, the loud Irish motherfucker that you've heard a million times. So, like, that shit was cool. And he was like, shout out. And then he said something that's something he's been doing with his coaches, so he definitely had to do that with Connor. But he broke down the difference between training for an MMA camp versus a BKFC camp, and there's a huge difference. Like, for one, like, MMA, like, if you do something, he said, if you do something once a week, it's a hobby. If you're doing something twice a week, you're really trying to maintain it. It's not until you're twice, even three times, you're really just trying to maintain it. If you're, It's not until you're doing something four to five times a week, then you're crafting it and becoming a better part. A better part. So, yeah, you can train MMA, but if you're only doing, like, one day of boxing or two days of boxing or two days of Muay Thai or, like, you're a, you're a stand-up fighter, you're only doing one one day of um BJJ, like one day of wrestling, like you're only gonna learn how to defend that stuff. You're not really trying to motherfucking um learn that shit. So he was like, it's training for a BK fight is just straight up boxing, like straight up motherfucking. You get in your hands right. You start your camp with the 16 ounces. You get the 12 ounces. I don't know if he goes straight from no gloves to from 12 ounces to no gloves, but he's that he works. So pretty much works his way down, and um motherfucking. 
and you get right for it. And there's a difference. Like, you got to really get your angles right. You got to be ready to take a straight-up punch to the face. Like, shit is insane. And you can get – and this is a bare knuckle. You can get hurt for hurting somebody. Like, terribly. Yeah, and the so he brought chin, old as UFC fight like Chad Mendes and Eddie Alvarez where like their chins are kind of gone, so it kind of makes for an electric fights because both of them I believe got like multiple knockdowns in this fight. So it was like anything can. And, really- and the shit's five rounds, but they're like I think they're like two minute rounds or three minute rounds. The difference between that versus a five minute MMA fight, a five minute MMA round, like. You ready to go to that next round. You jumping out to see. Like, yeah, he said he was ready for it. It was a great time. He says he plans on doing another one. But on to the main event. This motherfucker, Mike Perry versus Luke Rockwood. I know you see this fight. Oh, yeah, no. I like Mike Perry, bro. They even made Twitter be behind that guy. Bro, he's a gangster kid. This man actually went into his own closet. And uh, he went into his shed or something, and he found the bobblehead from his MMA days. It has, like, all the tattoos and stuff on it. But it doesn't have no gloves. And he said he got it made himself. Versus like the one that Ariel Hawani has. And he has like MMA gloves. He's like, you see this? I just always knew. I just always knew. <laughs> always. But it's interesting. it's interesting to be Mike Perry. He got the second round knockout. Second round knockout of um, um Luke Rocco. And a lot of people are saying Luke Rocco quit. And I'm just like, hmm. I will like too. Especially when the audio came out of him saying, I have a chip tooth, something this, uh, something's fucked up, it's just not worth it. Like when you say it's not worth it, it does sound like you could have kept going, but you just kind of weighed out your options. Nah, for real. I'm not gonna lie to you. I looked I looked down at my phone for two seconds and the first thing I see in the chat, the internet, the UFC's on chat is big boobs on always sad. <laughs> they preaching in there. Bro, I'm like, I should. If a movie was on the podcast, I'd be in that bitch. Like, there will not be any big boob slander in this chat. <laughs> you heard me? <laughs> and put a gun emoji in that motherfucker. Well, no. But um, nah. Mike Perry's very interesting because like you're winning in the you're winning. You're doing big things. You're drawing the crowd. You're bringing more um more attention to the sport. And on top of that, you motherfucking fit the part. You're enjoying it. You're loving it. You're exciting. So Mike Perry being like probably one of the first big stars out of the BK FC is interesting because it's like well, he came now you're showing, they're showing how they he already him. had like the UFC following so like him taking it to BKFC that's like Nate Diaz going over it's like he kind of like it's just you already had that little stardom to you yeah, but he just fits the character so well being the uh, the man over there oh yeah hundred percent he's. He's the stand-up fighter version of the the Diaz brothers because the Diaz brothers are known for the BJJ. Yeah, they'll they'll stalk and slap a few people if they got to, but Mike Perry's has always been known for like his stand-up gangster mentality. And one time he came out to Rihanna's "Umbrella" song because it was the wrong song. So I'm gonna put some other song, like put that song instead of his walker. Homeboy still went out there, grabbed the mic, and started singing around to it. Bro, he's just always been a character. <laughs> I fuck with bro. I fuck with bro. And the way that it's been explained is that his contract just went, it just came up in BKUFC, BKFC. Oh, he's probably getting but, that tag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But here's the thing. They've already been like, they want to say like, he even agrees, but they paid him like, I can't remember the number, but definitely more than twice his own. They definitely paid him a lot over for over for I'm um, doing well. So that's the big thing about BKFC, having a star and treating it well. Even though you're a small company, 
They said that the dude that runs this shit gave everybody a speech. They're like, yo, bro, I have to take the second mortgage out of my crib to make this motherfucking, to make this shit happen. And the euphoric feeling to, I just, I just feel like that's been a euphoric feeling watching Conor McGregor step in the ring and just bring all this attention to go crazy. Because now everybody's looking like, damn, but how do I watch the grand knuckle card? I miss the grand knuckle card. And people are saying, like, they're ranking them in the chats and they're saying, like, after this card, it may now be bare knuckle has the way to be bigger than Bellator and PFL. Like, it could really be the number two MMA types because a lot of MMA fighters are going over there. So, it's like, still, they're still considering in that MMA uh, graphs of um, promotions. And they're saying it might be like one is probably not going to be over top because one is a lot of money and it's over there in Japan and Japan people be fucking with it heavy. But bare knuckle is that next competitor. It's already showing more glimpses than what Bellator and PFL is showing, at least money wise and like stardom wise. Facts. The boys know what the fuck they're doing. And shout out them boys because that's to start that from the bottom. Because, like, I remember when I first heard about it, they was like, damn, they're in the dungeon with it. You feel me? Like, it, it was funny because, like, 50 Cent was there for it. And I was like, the fuck is he doing here? Right? <laughs> How does he? If 50 knew about it, I was like, okay, this is something that might turn into something. And that's why we had to talk about that card because they put on a better weekend than the UFC did, including the pressers, because the pressers were fucking funny as hell. Even they were on, I believe, Ariel Hawani at the same time. I don't know where they were on at the same time just talking shit. That was Ariel Yeah, like yeah, it like, was fucking hilarious. They had like a whole 40 minute interview just going back and forth the whole time. But that shit is crazy, man. Yeah, and uh, then we got to talk about the next thing of news, or at least what's kind of being speculated, talked upon a lot in the last couple of days. You know, MMA tour to be restless. As soon as the card's over, they're already looking for the next shit to talk about. And it happens to be Francis Nagano. We're starting to hear a little bit more about Francis Nagano and how one, um, the one CEO, I can't remember his name, but the one guy came out and said that they're not going to send their final offer to Nagano. But then Erhuwani came out and spoke upon that a little bit more because he has – he's him and Francis Nagano seem to be best pals. So anytime Ariel speaks, you have to take it as Francis is kind of speaking. Just similar to A.J. Hawk and Aaron Rodgers. Like, if one speaks, you kind of got to assume, like, okay, the other one said this is okay to say. You kind of seem more in tune with everything going on, so I'll let you take over with all the – he say, they see say, what's going on? What's the drama? What's the, what's the juicy That's drama? what I'm saying. See, see, if you don't know the dynamic of the podcast, you see, Paul has everything. Paul remembers the fights. Paul breaks down the fighters. He knows the stuff. I let you know when there's some drama going on. I let you know the dirt. I let you know. I check the dirt sheets every morning. You feel me? So in the Francis Nuganu, um conversation, he keeps getting brought up because BKFC said that they um they couldn't um they they stopped they um then negotiate their their talks fell through with um Sudanu. Not on some like he was asking for much or doing too much. It's just like they're not really in a position to put up twenty because the word twenty million keeps getting brought up a lot. But they're not really willing to put up like twenty million for a fighter to keep and then for one fighter and then hoping for that. Because like other companies can do that and still survive versus them and they might kind of like fall out, you feel me? So BKFC stopped um, having conversations with him. Recently, it came out that one stopped having conversations with him, and then a number came out, number that speculated and rumored is that one offered Francis Nugani $20 million, but, like, Francis said, fuck that money. 
I'm going to be on the board of directors. Like, he wants to make a change in MMA. And I'm just like, oh, now I see the John, the John Neapolis vibe that he's coming out. If this is all true. But, like, it's interesting because a lot of fighters are kind of weighing in and, like, they understand how it feels to be kind of cold in a second. And it's been 400 days since the um, Cyril Gaon fight. And you don't really know what Francis is, like, looking like. You feel me? You don't want to lose steam. You don't want to get cold. You don't want to do anything. But at the same time, he's checking out his things. He's doing this. In my in my eyes, it looks like he's just checking out all his options. He knows that he's what is worth. He knows what he can get and what he can do. But he wants to make a change. So if somebody gives him that chance to change something, that's what he's really looking for. So, But what else happened? I, I got a little snippet on Twitter today from two hours ago. Good old Uncle Shell Sonnet. Man's never tell a lie in his life. He said, Bellator never submitted an offer to Francis. PFL and Francis have come to an agreement. I cannot assure you that Francis is ever going to compete again, but if he does, it will be in that smart cage. You're welcome. Oh, wow. Appreciate you, chat. Appreciate you, chat. But, like, I do want to fact check Chow Sonny because he'd be wrong. He would be wrong. <laughs> I, I, used to watch the, I used to watch this show religiously thinking, like, I never thought about it like that. And I wondered why, because nobody thinks about it like that, Chill. Nobody. Tell me how. He be cracking me up. Man, he's never taken a loss, though, ever in his life. He's never told a lie. No, he says he's never lost a round, kid. It's more than never taken a loss. And you know what was funny? I heard that when um, he almost beat Anderson Silva. He said his um reasoning for it was they thought if he tapped out, he just lost the round. And I was just like, you're an MMA fighter. Like, why the fuck would you think some shit like that? <laughs> it's just something for you, baby. But according to my boy Uncle Chuck, <laughs> PFL got himself a new superstar on the way. That's going to be interesting. But, like, I definitely just want to see Chow, um, Nugani. I kind of just want to see his mission through. I want to see people rally behind him and support whatever he got going on. Because he's doing something for everybody. And, like, he's taking the L that, like, in a sense, you could look like Muhammad Ali had to take that L. But, like, when he came back, he really was fucking shit up. So I want to see if, like, is he taking these L's on purpose because he's about to fuck shit up and show what he stands on type shit? What if he goes to one of these other organizations, say one PF? Let's say he goes to PFL. Let's say PFL, since they're not that big, they say, fuck it, we'll give you $10 million and you'll have a board on our directors. Cause and they got, they got ESPN backing them, too. Yeah, so they're like, fuck it, you get on the you'll be on the board. Like, we need you, Francis. We need you. They get they thought they gave him the Deshaun Watson contract, right? They got all the other or owners looking at him crazy. Like, you gave him what? Yeah, so they give his ass the keys to everything. Goes out there and gets knocked down his first fight. That would be absolutely nutty, bro. <laughs> That's a lot of money wasted. <laughs> the streets will never live that one down, bro. That would be that. <laughs> I'm hoping not. I'm not saying I'm hoping that would happen. I'm I'm just what if like that would be absolutely and that could happen to any promotion. He goes to anyone. He goes to bare knuckle and he pulls a Luke Rockhold. I think what what I want to see more than anything is probably the fight with Deontay Wilder. Or like, yeah, I want to see the fight with Deontay Wilder or Tyson Fury. But I'd much rather see the Deontay Wilder fight. I feel like that would be um. Um, but I feel like Deontay Wilder's camp wouldn't let that, wouldn't really, would just be too much in the way for that to really happen. But I would love to see him do something 
and like I'm not rushing it, but I would like to see something like this year or early next year. But like I do want to see something for my dog. Friend. We should He's get something soon because Ariel Wani, like I said, he speaks for him most of the time because no one hears from Francis other than the people that's negotiating with him. Ariel said that the reason why he one didn't send him the offer is because he uh, Francis has verbally agreed with another promotion, another something. He didn't say promotion. I don't, I don't believe he said promotion. Basically, agreed he has verbal agreement with something, somebody. So we might hopefully. That's I'm hoping we see some big news in the next two months, three months, saying Francis signed to blah 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 for blah blah, blah amount, or Francis versus some boxer, fucking Joe Joyce versus Francis is gonna go down at Wembley Arena. I don't know, but I do it. Like I said, I just want to see something, hear something other than Francis is still a free agent and he wants all this money or he wants this. Like that negative narrative can that, that they're writing right now can't continue for much longer because then the story changes from you being a folk hero to somebody who could have been the greatest heavyweight of all time. Could have. And then, and then, you, and then a lot of people are going to be like, man, well, you got John Jones. Yeah, then that the, the people that start watching UFC like three years from now and they don't they didn't they weren't really here for all that background knowledge they'll be like, damn bro you retired right before John when John Jones came back it sounds like you dug it like that that's gonna be the narrative for <laughs> like, years like so they be like, better get on it Francis hell yeah and especially when they find out they're like John Jones won his vacant title it's like oh shit In dominating fashion first round easy. Hell yeah, but man, it's been a great week for all all MMA fans. I'm enjoying MMA life right now. MMA Twitter is dumb, dumb, disrespectful as usual. So it's been fun. Yeah, no, I mean, a couple of decent cards. Bare knuckle, like definitely. We might have to start talking about multiple cards every week if these other organizations. Because last week it was Bellator. Bellator brought the heat on UFC, and I wasn't a fan of that Blades uh Popovich card. So like. We might have start talking multiple cards coming these next couple of weeks if UFC don't start putting up some bangers, which they look like they are this weekend. Yeah, they've come up with the bangers. Sudo versus Aljamain Sterling. The the fucking the preview. I'm high. The preview's coming out soon. But the thing about it, I feel like what they're doing is they're showing that the UFC like y'all not gonna get every weekend. We gonna we gonna eat too. Like you're not gonna get every weekend. They're showing it. They're showing it. That's what I was saying. I'm happy to see. The, the, it, it was a great weekend because this might have been the, the weekend where we see the combat sports starting to grow outside of UFC. And, and me personally, I, I I was a promotion. I would try to do so. – I'd do an Eddie Hearn move and do something for during the um, Nunez Pena um, too. Like, I'd try to find – I'd throw a card out there. <laughs> yeah, I would too. Do some sneaky shit. Throw a card up there, especially if it's um my main event is during our prelims. Like, yeah, yeah, go watch my shit, nigga. <laughs> but you can get floor seats for that card for like four hundred dollars. Hey, where you talking about New Year's Pena? Yeah, <laughs> that's not... yeah, that's not... that has to be cap. That has Ticketmaster lied to y'all niggas. Man, it was like starting at seventy five, I think, and then all the way to the first floor is like four hundred and fifty dollars. I know Canada is upset right now. He's, they they know you did it. <laughs> but as always, we gotta get this show on the road. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for liking. As always, drop your comments. We do want to hear from y'all, the audience. And thank you for supporting us through all these episodes and this whole journey. 
this has been another episode of Totally Blitz Podcast. We broke down UFC Vegas 72, BKFC 41, and we talked to Francis Nagano news. This has been Paul. Oh, Kevin, something you got something to say? Jose, make sure you check out that Drake Miley interview, boy. We was talking that shit and more interviews to come, man. Yes, sir. This has been Paul, Pickle One of Contra, Cavs, Street Fight Enthusiast, Savoy. And as always, if y'all didn't know, well, now y'all know, motherfuckers. <laughs>